You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include Hunter Biden has been indicted on gun charges, a man trapped in a cave in Turkey was finally pulled to safety, and the escaped murderer has been captured in Pennsylvania. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 10th. Hunter Biden is being indicted on felony gun charges. A court filing shows the president's son has been charged with three federal criminal counts. Two counts are related to Biden allegedly filing a form claiming he was not using drugs at the time he purchased a weapon in 2018. The third alleges he was in possession of a gun while using drugs. It's the first time the Justice Department has filed charges against the son of a U.S. president. The charges come after a plea deal fell apart earlier this summer with prosecutors. Hunter Biden's charge of violating a gun law is one his father helped pass. One of the key sponsors of the amendment that toughened the Gun Control Act was then-Delaware Senator Joe Biden. A part of the legislation Joe Biden backed was making sure the gun buyer isn't, quote, an unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substances, end quote. Biden was judiciary chair in the early 90s and made impassioned speeches on the Senate floor about strengthening gun laws. Hunter Biden's attorney is speaking out against the decision to indict the president's son on gun charges. Abby Lowell said prosecutors filed charges Thursday they deemed were not warranted just six weeks ago following a five-year investigation into the case. Lowell added prosecutors leading the case bent to political pressure by Republicans. The attorney claimed the charges were barred by a previous agreement prosecutors made with Biden. Former President Trump says Democrats have opened the proverbial Pandora's box following the indictment of Hunter Biden. In a post on Truth Social, Trump said Democrats have started a process that is very dangerous for our country. Trump added the gun charge is the only crime that Hunter Biden committed that doesn't implicate crooked Joe Biden. He went on to say it is possible that the USA will never be the same again. The impeachment inquiry into President Biden is gaining support among Republicans. Senator John Cornyn of Texas says there is more than enough evidence to warrant an investigation. The push comes after months of investigations into the president's son. Hunter Biden is accused of using his family connections to leverage business deals. So far, there has not been any evidence of misconduct by the president himself. The White House says in a statement that there is no basis for an impeachment inquiry. A 10-year-old has drowned trying to cross the Rio Grande into Texas. The Honduran child was with a 26-year-old woman who was rescued out of the water Wednesday by Texas state troopers. She's recovering in the hospital. The drowning happened in an area of the river where Texas has deployed what is called a floating border wall. It is unclear if the string of buoys are to blame. An appeals court is allowing it to stay in the water as the Justice Department lawsuit plays out. President Biden is contrasting his economic agenda with what he calls Republican maganomics. While speaking at Prince George's Community College in Maryland, Biden claimed the Republicans' plan will 
give tax cuts to the wealthy, cuts Social Security and Medicare, and raises the cost for American families. The president's criticism of the Republicans' economic policy comes ahead of a potential government shutdown at the end of the month if lawmakers can't agree on a spending deal. President Biden is planning to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky next week. Reports say the meeting will be around the United Nations General Assembly meetings in New York. It's unclear if it'll be in New York or Washington, D.C. Both leaders are scheduled to address the assembly Tuesday. There, Zelensky is expected to appeal for more support for Ukraine amid its ongoing war against Russia. The defense rests in the Ken Paxton impeachment trial. The Texas Attorney General's lawyers argued Thursday that a group of whistleblowers in Paxton's office were disgruntled employees that were upset because they were being fired. The charges against Paxton stem from allegations of four former high-ranking officials that said he abused his office to help a political donor. Both sides will get an hour for closing arguments. Then the trial goes to the Senate jurors for consideration. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach with your international news report. Our first two international stories today are coming from the BBC. A U.S. citizen trapped in Turkey's third deepest cave for more than a week has been pulled to safety, rescuers say. More than 150 people were involved in efforts to save caver Mark Dickey after he developed stomach problems in the Morka Cave on the 2nd of September. Organizers say it was one of the largest and most complicated underground rescues ever mounted. The lowest point of the Morka Cave, in a remote part of the south, reaches nearly 0.8 miles below ground. The Turkish Caving Federation announced on social media that Mr. Dickey was brought out of the cave at 12.37 a.m. local time. Mr. Dickey said he questioned whether he would survive the ordeal after his condition worsened. He told reporters that the thought that he might die, quote, literally went through my head. He went on to say, I kept throwing up blood. Then my consciousness started to get harder to hold on to, and I reached a point where I said, I'm not going to live. Mr. Dickey had been co-leading a team to map a new passage in the cave when he began to suffer from gastrointestinal bleeding. His condition improved after he was given a blood transfusion. He was then strapped to a stretcher and was slowly carried out. This involved navigating through tight rock tunnels, and explosives had to be used at the narrowest points according to CBS, the BBC's U.S. partner. A number of rescue workers from several other countries, including Croatia and Hungary, flew to Turkey to assist in the rescue. Mr. Dickey's fiance, Jessica Van Ord, also helped. She had remained in the cave with him while he was unwell, but later climbed out. On Thursday evening, in a video message from inside the cave, Mr. Dickey thanked the people attempting to rescue him. He said, I do know that the quick response of the Turkish government to get the medical supplies that I need, in my opinion, saved my life. I was very close to the edge. Rescuers said helping to save Mr. Dickey had been a very honorable experience. Mr. Dickey hails from New Jersey and is said to be a hardened caver with over 20 years experience. He has been an instructor with the U.S. National Cave Rescue Commission for 10 years, teaching a variety of cave rescue classes. He is also listed as the body's International Exchange Program Coordinator on its website. He had been co-leading the expedition to the Morka Cave since the end of August according to the Hungarian Cave Rescue Service, who have also been assisting with the operation. Our next international story takes us to Greenland, where a luxury cruise ship that has been stuck in the mud since Monday has finally been pulled free. The Ocean Explorer and its 206 passengers and crew were rescued on Thursday by a Greenland research trawler after it was grounded within the Northeast Greenland National Park. The boat's owner, Sunstone, said there were no injuries to anyone on board. However, 
tour operator Aurora Expeditions said a small number of people had come down with COVID-19. The ocean explorer became stuck in mud and silt above the Arctic Circle in Alpifjord, 870 miles northeast of Greenland's capital. A number of attempts were made to free the ship during high tide, but they failed. The Danish military's Joint Arctic Command said an inspection vessel had been due to arrive at the scene on Friday. The ship was eventually dislodged based on a pull from a Greenland government-owned trawler called Tarahawk, which means salt in Greenlandic, as well as Ocean Explorer's own power. Sunstone said, The vessel and its passengers will now be positioned to a port where the vessel's bottom damages can be assessed, and passengers will be taken to a port from which they can be flown back home. There had been no pollution to the environment and no breach of the hull, it added. The 112 passengers and 94 crew on the Australian tour operator's cruise had set off from Norway on the 2nd of September and were due to return on the 22nd. Many of the passengers were from Australia, as well as New Zealand, the UK, South Korea, and the US. Aurora Expedition said earlier this week that three people had contracted the virus, but were being kept in isolation. The Northeast Greenland National Park is nearly the same size as France and Spain combined, and is famed for its fjords, icebergs, and mountains. It's also home to wildlife such as polar bears, musk oxen, and the elusive narwhal. Our third and final international story comes from Reuters. Satellite images of a military base southeast of the Belarus capital Minsk appear to show dismantling of tents in recent weeks, which may indicate the winding down of the base for Wagner, the Russian mercenary company behind an abortive mutiny. On August 23rd, Wagner's boss Yevgeny Prigozhin and his top lieutenants were killed when a private jet he used crashed in so far unexplained circumstances, leaving the fate of his mercenaries in doubt. Images of the Sel military base in Mogilev region, taken on July 25th, August 25th, and September 9th, and provided by Earth Imaging Company Planet Labs, appear to show the gradual dismantling of tents in the camp. Reuters could not verify the nature of the changes in the camp. In June, the Wagner Group launched a brief mutiny against the army top brass in Russia, condemned as treason by President Vladimir Putin. Belarus President Alexander Lukashenko invited Wagner to set up operations in his country as part of a deal that ended the mutiny. I'm Gavin Trutzenbach, and that was your International News Report. I'm Al Lawton with your local news. From Fox 29, the frantic manhunt for an escaped killer that sent hundreds of law enforcement agents swarming through terrified communities has come to an end after the fugitive was taken into custody two weeks later. Danello Cavalcante, 34, escaped Chester County Prison on August 31st by scaling a prison wall, climbing through razor wire, and jumping from the roof to freedom. His escape triggered a massive manhunt in the lush terrain of Longwood Gardens that continued 20 miles north when police say he slipped through their original perimeter in a stolen van. Officials announced the search came to a successful conclusion during a press conference Wednesday stating Cavalcante was taken into custody around 8 a.m. after a 14-day manhunt forced schools to shut down, Longwood Gardens to close, and an entire county to live life on the edge. Law enforcement's final push began overnight when officers responded to a burglar alarm at a home near Prizer Road within the search perimeter. Cavalcante was still not located at that time. However, officials say the report led to a heat signal being tracked by air aircraft and tactical teams around 
1 a.m. Wednesday. When the escaped killer tried to elude capture armed with a stolen rifle, he was subdued by a canine search dog before being forcibly taken into custody, according to officials. Cavalcante suffered a bite wound to the scalp, but officials say no shots were fired during the capture. No injuries were reported by any law enforcement or the public. The captured killer remains in custody with the Pennsylvania State Police for questioning and medical evaluation before he was transferred to a state correctional facility Wednesday afternoon to serve his life sentence. His capture comes days after a massive police presence swarmed the area of Fairview Road in East Nantmill Township when a driver reported seeing Cavalcante crouched near a wood line. Later in the night, police say Cavalcante entered a garage and grabbed a 22 caliber rifle before encountering a homeowner who fired several shots. Pennsylvania State Police also reported they recovered Cavalcante's prison-issued shoes and light green-colored hoodie that he was seen wearing on a recent doorbell surveillance video. They believe Cavalcante swiped a pair of work boots from the porch of a local home. The attorney's general office said Cavalcante will be arraigned on a felony escape charge. From 6ABC, New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy named Secretary of State Tahisha Way to be the state's next lieutenant governor a month after Sheila Oliver died after a short hospitalization. Way's appointment takes a effect immediately because the state constitution does not require Senate approval for the nomination. Chief Justice Stuart Rabner swore her in Friday outside the governor's office. Her top duty will be filling in for the governor when he's out of state or incapacitated or if he can no longer serve, but she will stay on as Secretary of State overseeing elections as well as the state museum and archives. Under the constitution, the lieutenant governor also holds a cabinet position. Way, accompanied by three of her four daughters and husband, Charles Way, expressed gratitude for the opportunity to serve and promise to keep the cost of living down and protect fundamental freedoms. As Secretary of State, she oversaw the implementation of early in-person voting, as well as the 2020 election, which occurred almost entirely with mail-in ballots because of the COVID-19 restrictions. She succeeds Oliver, who died last month of unrevealed causes after a short hospitalization while Murphy had been out of the country. Way, Democrat like Murphy, has served as Secretary of State since the start of Murphy's administration in early 2000. She was previously special counsel to the Passaic County Board of Social Services. Way is the third person to hold the post of lieutenant governor, a newer state government position that began under previous governor Chris Christie. From News 12, a school bus driver who works for Jay's Bus Service has been barred from driving students from the Freehold Regional School District. Officials say that on Monday he was driving home students from Howell High School. News 12 has learned he stopped at his home to pick up the bus route while the students were on board. Marley Arello is a Howell High School student who was on that bus. She says they were left alone for four to five minutes. The engine was running and the door was open while the driver ran inside his house to grab a folder with the bus route, says Arello. A spokesperson for the school district wrote in a statement, the bus was parked outside the driver's home for approximately three minutes and no students left the bus during that time. The name of the driver was not released. I'm El Lawton and that was your local news. I'm Aiden Doherty with your Rowan News. The New York Times published a college access index on September 7th, ranking Rowan University number 35 in the nation for economic diversity. The index compared top American colleges and universities for economic diversity by analyzing the share of students who receive Pell Grants, federal financial aid that's typically awarded to students with lower income families. The study tied Rowan with five other colleges and universities, Austin College, Texas, Illinois, Institute of Technology, University of Idaho, University of Montana, and Williams. 
William Jewell College in Missouri, in which 32% of undergraduate students were Pell eligible for the 2020-2021 school year. The list covers the 286 most selective colleges in the country, defined by Barron's Profiles of American Colleges and other metrics. Times editors wrote, the colleges, both public and private, together educate about 2.7 million undergraduates. Under the leadership of Dr. Ali A. Hushmand, Rowan's seventh president, the university has placed an expanded emphasis on increasing access to a college education and has undertaken numerous major initiatives to make completing a four-year degree a proven benchmark for upward mobility and more affordable. Dr. Albert Leroy Betts Jr., who was 68, passed away suddenly on Friday, September 1st, 2023 in Greenfield, South Carolina. He was born July 14, 1955 in Indiana to Albert Betts Sr. and Grace Betts. He was the oldest of five children. Albert was a husband to his wife, Janet, a father to his daughter, Kylie Nunez, and a grandfather to his granddaughter, McKenna Nunez. Kylie was the light of Albert's life. He was a loving father and grandfather. Albert graduated from Indiana Area Senior High School in 1973. There he played football and baseball. He then received both his bachelor's and master's degrees at Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Later, he received his doctorate at Rowan University in Glassboro, New Jersey, where he worked for many years. He was a lifelong learner and loved acquiring new knowledge. He was an avid reader, had a sense of humor, loved trivia, loved music, and always boasted on his extensive music collection. I'm Aiden Doherty, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce along with the Rowan Radio News Team. I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. Roan football went on the road last Saturday afternoon and dominated on both sides of the ball and won 49-28 against the McDaniel College Green Terror. The profs in the first half went on a tear, coming out with a strong 35-7 lead to take control early. The profs were without star senior running back James Farah, but there was no lack of rushing whatsoever from Rowan. Bakula and Bookman were able to combine for 103 yards total on the ground, as well as scoring their first touchdowns in a profs uniform. Both running backs were able to combine for three touchdowns, Bakula with two, and Bookman was able to get one. With junior wide receiver Terry Carlstrom now out for the year, quarterback Thomas Goldsboro was able to spread the ball to each of the young receivers. One of the crucial passing plays was when Rowan was pinned at their own three-yard line late in the second quarter, and Kevin Degnan did all the work in one monster play with a 97-yard touchdown to make it 35-7. to Rowan, in total, was able to score six touchdowns on offense, and on defense, they had three sacks and four interceptions. One of them was from junior linebacker Nick Cerulli, who recorded Rowan's second straight pick six of the year. Thomas Goldsboro was given the start over Noah Brunatti against McDaniel and threw for a total 252 yards, three touchdowns, and an interception, which granted him and Jack Offensive Player of the Week for his stellar performance down in his home state of Maryland. Now Goldsboro and the profs have to take on the juggernaut force of the Ursinus College Bears tonight at Coach Richard Wacker Stadium at 6 p.m. Monday Night Football returned for the first time this NFL season as the Buffalo Bills went down to MetLife Stadium to take on their AFC rival of the New York Jets. Undrafted free agent Xavier Gibson won the game off a walk-off punt return in overtime 22-16. The Jets might have gotten the win, but they lost a huge key to their offense within the first four plays of the game. Future Hall of Famer quarterback Aaron Rodgers suffered a ruptured Achilles injury and is now out for the season. The way Rodgers got hurt was he was getting sacked and as he came down, he kept his foot planted, which ruptured his Achilles. The Jets will now move on to the second overall pick in the 2021 draft, Zach Wilson, but there have been rumors that they might trade for quarterbacks like Jacoby Brissett, Jameis Winston, or even sign free agent quarterbacks 
quarterback Carson Wentz. One of the crazier rumors that has spewed over the internet is that they may try and convince some quarterbacks that have been in retirement out of retirement and try and convince quarterbacks like Philip Rivers, Matt Ryan, or even Tom Brady to join the Jets. Moving over to the middle of the week, Thursday Night Football has returned to Amazon Prime Video this past week in the NFL. The two teams that faced off were the Minnesota Vikings as they traveled down to Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. It was a great game between the two teams in the rematch from last year, but the Eagles repeated with the same result as last year and came away victorious. The Eagles were without some of their starters in Thursday's game against the Vikings. Safety Reed Blankenship and running back Kenneth Gainwell were both out with rib injuries, as well as cornerback James Bradbury, who is out with a concussion. One more injury to finish out the injury list for the Eagles before the game was defensive tackle Fletcher Cox. Linebacker Nakobe Dean was put on the injured list this past week and will miss at least four weeks with an ankle injury. Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni was thankful it was only four weeks and that it could have been worse for the sophomore Eagle. Again, I'm Jack Miller for the Roan Report with your news from the professional sports world. I'm Megan Steckler with your Roan Report business update. The markets are closing higher to end Thursday. This comes as the European Central Bank hiked rates on Thursday, even though the Federal Reserve is expected to hold rates steady at its meeting this month. The European Central Bank noted that inflation is cooling and this could be the end of its rate hiking campaign. At the closing bell, the Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 331 points to 34 to 907. The S&P 500 rose by 37 points to 45 to 5. And the Nasdaq gained 112 points to 13 to 926. Joann Incorporated is laying off some of its workers at its headquarters in Ohio. The company owns and operates 850 Joann Fabric stores across 49 states. A spokesperson for the company says the layoffs are necessary to align the company's expenses and corporate structure to the needs of the business. It is unknown how many workers are being laid off. The United Auto Workers Union is ramping up warnings it will strike the big three automakers if a deal is not struck by midnight Thursday. The union's president said members should expect walkouts at various locations and to wait for further instructions. The president also told members GM, Ford, and Stellantis have increased wage offers but have not addressed other demands. One estimate says a strike lasting just 10 days could result in a total loss nationwide of more than $5 billion. The number of Americans filing for unemployment is on the rise. The Department of Labor released its weekly report Thursday morning and said unemployment insurance claims in the U.S. for the week ending September 9th were at 220,000. That's a rise of about 3,000 from the previous week after four straight weeks of decline. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. I'm Elle Lawton, and this is your Entertainment News. Olivia Rodrigo will head out on tour next year. The singer-songwriter announced the Guts World Tour will hit over 30 U.S. cities. The trek is in support of her highly anticipated sophomore album that she released just last week. The tour will kick off on February 23rd in Palm Springs, California, and she will also be making stops in Phoenix, Nashville, New York City, and Los Angeles. She will be making her way to our neck of the woods in the Philadelphia area on July 19th, performing at the Wells Fargo Center. Russian hackers are taking responsibility for the MGM Resort's online breach. On Wednesday, the company said the cyber incident represents a material risk to the company. The company has yet to use the word cyber attack, but it did confirm it was hit with a cybersecurity issue on Sunday, shutting down ATMs, slot machines, and the MGM mobile app, which remains offline. The man accused of stalking 
Captain Drew Barrymore on Long Island allegedly stormed New York Fashion Week looking for actress Emma Watson. Court documents obtained by TMZ allege Chad Michael Bousteau snuck into a dressing room at the Brooklyn Navy Yard and began yelling at models and makeup artists. Police say Bousteau repeatedly told them he wanted to marry Emma Watson, but it's not clear if she was in the fitting room. The D.C. man, who's now charged with disorderly conduct and trespassing, was nabbed last month for stalking Drew Barrymore in the Hamptons and New York City. Taylor Swift has struck a deal with the Actors Union to release her new concert movie. The singer is a member of SAG-AFTRA, which has been on strike since July and reportedly met the union's demands before deciding to release the Eras Tour concert film next month. Swift did not make a deal, however, with the union representing the major studios and instead approached the AMC theaters directly to distribute the film across North America. The Eras Tour concert film has already made over $26 million in pre-sale tickets. Adam Sandler is hitting the road for a comedy tour. Live Nation announced Wednesday that the I Missed You tour will feature more than two dozen shows across North America. It will begin October 12th in Vancouver and wrap up December 12th in Denver. Sandler will also hit cities like Seattle, Memphis, Milwaukee, and Las Vegas. A Live Nation presale began Thursday at noon local time, while tickets for the general public went on sale Friday. NSYNC is releasing a new song for the upcoming Trolls movie, Trolls Band Together. The song is called Better Place and can be heard in the movie's trailer. A snippet of the song comes a day after the band reunited at the MTV Video Music Awards. The song will be officially released on September 29th, while the movie hits theaters on November 17th. Ariana Grande is getting candid about her appearance. In a new YouTube video for Vogue's Beauty Secrets series, the singer got emotional admitting she's had a ton of lip filler and Botox over the years. She went on to say she stopped with the procedures in 2018 after she felt like like she was hiding. She added that while she was starring in the Nickelodeon show Victorious, her relationship with cosmetics turned sour after she received criticism about her appearance when she was only 17 years old. I'm Elle Lawton, and that was your entertainment news. And that wraps up this week's edition of The Roan Report here on Roan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For The Roan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.